0: This is Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Hi, this is Bob Johnston, and you're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio, 89.5 FM and 92.5 FM in good old McLean County in Bloomington Normal, 88.3 in Pontiac, 97.1 in Lincoln, 89.1 in DeKalb Sycamore, 89.3 in Morris Joliet, covering much of Central and Northern Illinois and growing, thanks to you. We're going to have a great show for you today. I'm here with my wife, Lynn, but remember always that we're brought to you by you. You make our show possible. You make our station possible. We couldn't do it without you. And if you would like to make a donation, you can go to our website, and that's catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's catholicspiritradio.com. It'll tell you how to make a donation, and any donation is welcome, large or small, and it'll tell you a little bit more about us and what we do here, and uh, maybe on the website you can even find some information about what you can do if you would like to be involved in uh, any of our stations uh, here or uh, uh, some of the ones that I just mentioned in the introduction. Remember out there that it's a mad, 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 mad world. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about some current issues and uh, address those somewhat. Of course, as I mentioned, I'm here with my wife, Lynn. So before we start, I'll turn the show over to her and then we'll go from there.
2: Hello. Can you believe it's almost Labor Day? Is that next weekend? It's, I think it is.
1: It's coming up here pretty quickly. I think it next is weekend. right. I think next Saturday is the second, Sunday the third, and Monday will be the first weekend in September, won't it?
2: It'll be the first Monday, right? So that's a, that is Labor Day.
1: Holy cow! And then it'll be fall, and school started already. And and
2: Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, so forth. And, and all the holidays
1: will be coming up, and it won't be long before we'll be past the first of the year and going back this way again.
2: That's right. Sometimes life goes by too fast.
1: It goes fast.
2: You just sit and watch it go. And then we have a wedding in September the 16th. We won't be with you that weekend. And I don't know about next weekend. We'll be around, but.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Okay. What's don't plan. Happening. Anything, right? <laughs> I don't know what anybody has planned for us over the Labor Day weekend, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah and uh, John probably what about you John I imagine John probably might have something planned for the Labor Day weekend too so whatever we'll see happens. what happens whatever happens happens we'll just let it up to fate <laughs> between now and then yeah.
2: as far as this mad mad world we've, we've been <clears throat> sort of staying in as much as we could because of the heat this past week do you even get out to pick the tomatoes that are there I guess The birds can pick at the ones that fell on the ground. What's going on over in Ukraine and the debates this week, we've kept pretty entertained.
1: Well, so we'll talk about a few of those things. Do you have more? No. Okay. Uh, I want to read an article here. Uh, It's uh, something by uh, Timothy Cardinal Dolan. He's the Archbishop of New York, and it's an article talking about COVID and how the church handled the COVID uh, situation. And uh, it's in the uh, seven twenty-eight twenty-three. Uh, uh, I think the article was uh, was written, or you know, it's re- quoted from him on uh, July 28-23. And the title of the of it is: "Is Did We Go Too Far?" And it appears in the Remnant newspaper, and uh, it's sort of edit- edited and commented on by Michael Matt, who is the editor of the Remnant. It's in the August 15, 2023 issue. And so I'm going to go ahead and read that article, and uh, we'll go from there, talk a little bit about uh, the COVID situation, the government and the COVID situation, and then we'll use that to go into another situation about climate. And uh, it says and this- here... This
2: surprised me, Dolan.
1: Yeah, it says here, in a July 28, 2023 article in the Boston Pilot, the Cardinal Archbishop of New York, Timothy Dolan, wrote an opinion piece entitled, Did We Go Too Far? In it, he made some pretty astonishing admissions. He says, I find myself undertaking an examination of conscience. Did we as a church here in the United States go too far in obeying all the restrictions imposed during the COVID pandemic, resulting in a lack of pastoral care for those sick? Uh, Our civil leaders, federal, state, and local, applauded our attention to the strict protocol. However, I asked myself, were we equally obedient to the biblical commands to be near the sick, to comfort the dying, to reverently bury the dead, and for us deacons, priests, and bishops to bring the sacraments and the church's prayerful accompaniment to those very sick from the virus. And then he goes on, he says, uh, I nag myself. Did we do enough? Did we raise the point that spiritual consolation given to patients was as essential as the bodily care? Did we insist that our churches needed to remain open for Mass and the sacraments with all the precautions possible instead of locking our doors? Cardinal Dolan writes that he appreciated and supported Nicholas DiMarzio, then Bishop of Brooklyn, for taking the governor to court. If liquor stores and beauty parlors can open, so can our houses of worship, and we won. And the Cardinal concludes with the following tragic admission. Part of me worries that future decades will not look back at us with the same admiration that we now have for St. Aloysius Gonzaga, St. Damian of Molokai, and those young martyrs of Shreveport. And he's talking about people back in the earliest times uh, during plagues and so forth in the Middle Ages, And then later on in Hawaii, Father Damien, a Dutch priest who took care of the lepers and died from leprosy himself. Did we do those kinds of things and will people look back at us with the same kind of admiration is what uh, Cardinal Dolan worries about. And I think those worries are are, uh, well taken. I think that uh, we as a church should focus on what we did and uh, we should focus on What the future might bring and how should we react if there's other crises pushed on us just like COVID was. We're going to take a look at COVID itself, too. And we're going to compare it uh, as we go along here also to the so-called climate crisis. Is this too little? Dolan goes on or rather the editor of the Remnant goes on and he says, uh, is Dolan's statement too little, too late, or is it better late than never? Frustrating that it took three years for the Cardinal to admit this? Of course. On the other hand, the globalists are not done yet. They're just getting started, and if the American bishops begin to question the COVID lockdowns, it is likely that they will not be fully on board with future lockdowns, say over the climate emergency. For example, during COVID here in Minnesota, the church has opened up again the moment our bishops defied the governor. Imagine if that had happened nationally or internationally. And when he talks about here in Minnesota, that's the editor, of course, uh, talking about the remnants uh, location. It's located uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's where it's from. And then uh, the editor goes on. He said, we posted a video on this, on Cardinal Dolan's regrets over how he managed COVID. And within 24 hours, it was taken down by YouTube for violating the WHO safety guidelines. That's the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization's safety guidelines. And he's got that in quotation for, quote, violating so-called safety guidelines. It was on pace to hit 50,000 views in 24 hours. And it had garnered 500 comments when YouTube pulled it down. Why did they pull it down? Because the folks running YouTube are partisans of globalism. They know what it means when the Cardinal Archbishop of New York publicly questions the wisdom of our globalist overlords. And it goes on here, it says, uh, But the vast majority of bishops and cardinals have yet anything to say about topics such as sin, hell, heaven, death, judgment, everlasting damnation, the disintegration of the family, the great apostasy, The mass exodus of Catholics from the church, the sexualization of children, attempts to normalize pedophilia, gender ideology, and the surgical mutilation of children, the tidal wave of abortions, the forced vaccination of millions of people, and the mass excess deaths that have resulted, the stripping away of every freedom, including the freedom of movement for the poor and the working class. So if we're looking at the COVID situation here and seeing you know some of the things that we failed to address and should address, let's take a look further at the COVID situation and let's take a look at some of the things the government said about COVID and let's take a look about what the actual facts over time have showed about what the government said and what those real facts really were and let's apply that same lesson to what's going on right now, and that is the so-called climate crisis. So we're going to go ahead and and uh, talk about some of the things that were said about COVID and exactly some of the things that were exaggerated in a lot of actual lies that we were told about COVID. And if the government could do this about something as serious as, as the COVID situation, all of us should be Concerned about the what, what the government might be saying about climate change as well, and so we're going to talk about it and read an article about about it too. Is there anything further you want to say uh, before we start on the on the COVID situation, Lynn? I'm gonna...
2: <clears throat> yes, I'd like to add. I think we forget, and I think our leaders have forgotten in the church. Leaders in the church have forgotten during the Black Plague, where millions of people died in Europe. Who was there to take care of? The sick. It was the church. They did not, the priests and the sisters and the nuns and deacons, they took it on. The, The monasteries became hospitals, but they took on the burden of taking care of people, the sick. And many of them died because they were exposed to the plague and so forth, but they did not hesitate.
1: And it made a lot of converts because most people ran, and there was the church standing firm and uh, getting people through that crisis, burying people, taking care of the sick, and so forth.
2: Aren't we going to be judged partly on our works? And if that's so, I think we had failed in this crisis.
1: And the thing is, is that uh, we could call a lot of what happened with COVID a hoax, and it was. A lot of it was a hoax, and uh, let's look at some of the things that uh, were a hoax, and then we'll compare that to what's going on with the climate crisis. Uh, We were told about the vaccine. First of all, we should be told the truth about uh, being called something especially so serious as COVID was supposedly at the time taken calling something a vaccine. A vaccine is something that stimulates the, it's usually a weakened form of the very virus or germs that are causing a sickness. And in that weakened form, it stimulates the antibodies in the person's own body. And the person manufactures antibodies against the disease, just as if he had actually suffered from the disease itself. And those antibodies uh, made by the persons themselves stay with the person in a system and they're there ready to attack the virus or the germ if it comes into the system. And the COVID vaccine really was not a vaccine. It was a set of antibodies themselves made, you know, artificially in laboratories and injected into the human system. And, of course, they will have some effect against the disease. But it's not the same thing as the vaccine, and it's not the same thing as if your own body made those antibodies. And uh, we were misled on that. And uh, secondly, the vaccine, was we were told that uh, if you took the vaccine, you couldn't get COVID, which was not true. Many people still got COVID, and then the antibodies, of course, wear off. And uh, the, the fact is, is that you can still get COVID as the antibodies become weaker and wear down, and your own body is not producing its own antibodies. Then we were also told that uh, people who had COVID still needed to get the shot because their own antibodies were not strong enough. This was also a lie, too. The fact is is that their own antibodies were just as good, if not better, than the COVID vaccine antibodies. And so finally, we were told that getting a vaccine would prevent people from spreading COVID. And the fact is it does not and it did not prevent getting COVID and it was not and did not prevent people from spreading COVID either. All of these things were either dis- misinformation that the government got wrong or in some cases outright stretching of the truth is not actual lies. And uh, so these are some of the things. The other thing is, is that it was pushed on this vaccine was pushed on young, healthy people. And uh, the fact is, is that looking back on it now, we now know that uh, we, we're not even certain that any that even one young, healthy person died from COVID any more than most young, healthy people die from uh, the flu. Actually, it, it might be that more people, more young, healthy people die from the flu than ever died from COVID. And yet we kept keep pushing and, and again, pushing these shots on younger and younger people in which it really is unnecessary. In fact, actually, the, the uh, reactions and some people from the vaccine are more dangerous uh, than, than uh, getting the disease itself. So in young people, especially children and uh, infants, it's not in at all likely that any will die from COVID. And the fact is, is that more of them can be harmed actually by the vaccine itself because it has an unfavorable reaction in some people and can cause some serious health problems, so if it's not necessary. But it's been pushed anyway, and it was pushed a lot by big pharma and by big tech, and we have a lot of that same interest in the situation with uh, the uh, climate situation. And then another issue is with COVID was the death count. We had this state and county death count. I can remember sitting and watching TV on how many people were dying from the covid and every state and in every county, how many in Illinois, for example, and how many in the other states around us and how many here in McLean County and some of you listeners out in the other counties as well, uh, how many people were dying and so forth. And then one of the things that made me suspicious and it didn't make you suspicious, Lynn, was if we were having all of these extra deaths, extra deaths from COVID, why weren't the funeral parlors overloaded? And yet they did not seem to be at all. And nobody really addressed that situation, and it called it to my attention, and I didn't see where where they were overworked or anything like that. So the question became, were people really dying from COVID, or were they dying from other diseases, old age, accidents, other things? And as long as they tested positive for COVID, they were counted as being dead from COVID. And I think a lot of that was going on. I think there was a huge overcount how many people actually died from COVID and how many people had a COVID in their system but did not die from the disease and died from other causes. So, That's
2: very true.
1: Yeah. What's that?
2: That's very true. I mean, yes, there were problem storage of uh, bodies and so forth, the corpses after in the, some high-density places. And but in the whole, No.
1: And we're going to have to stop here and take a break, so stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio. There's a new app, so Catholic Spirit Radio listeners with new phones, tablets, and other listening devices can also listen to our programs and podcasts. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store to find the app Catholic Spirit Talk Radio. It's free. New app, same quality programs.
1: Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear open Line. Am I
0: pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternative's Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org.
1: Hi, this is Bob Johnston. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break, uh, we're talking about some current issues, and we're talking here about uh, the COVID situation. And we read from an article uh, uh, by, I mean, some words uh, from uh, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, uh, the Archbishop of New York. And uh, Cardinal Dolan was having expressing regrets about the church's behavior during COVID. And I'm talking about some of the things that uh, the government misled us about COVID. If they didn't actually in some situations come out and stretch the truth so far, that uh, it was actually lies. We were talking here uh, about the fact that a lot of deaths attributed to COVID were not really from COVID. They were just ordinary deaths from old age or other sicknesses or accidents and so forth. And uh, as if the people tested a positive for COVID, the death was attributed to the COVID and that when actually the deaths were caused by something else. And um, my wife mentioned here that uh, there were situations uh, in which – there were an excess of COVID deaths when people were in, confined in places where there was a high density of the disease. And that was a came to be uh, a cover-up, uh, especially uh, Governor Cuomo, I think it was, that, covered, that had people assigned and transferred into nursing homes, older people that had COVID. Those people were totally isolated from their loved ones. They were kept in those nursing homes, and a high density of the disease of the virus could build up in those nursing homes, and a lot of those people died that wouldn't probably necessarily have died had they been in other situations where that density wouldn't have been so high. We were lied to about that as well and about what the cause of these people dying were. And so there was just a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright twisting of the truth uh, by our government on these issues and you have to consider that a lot of this was driven in my opinion by first the the idea of power the government having the power to force people to do all kinds of things the lockdowns and so forth people were forced to get uh, shots that may have been dangerous and shots that they didn't need against their own wishes and told that uh, if they didn't get those shots that they would be guilty of spreading COVID, which is not true and uh, people were worked up to be angry against people who refused to get the shots. And so the, the other part is, is that most young people and healthy people didn't need any shots, and especially young children or infants. And some of these people have been suffering from uh, diseases or from reactions by those shots that they wouldn't have had had they not gotten those shots. There was a, a lot of situation there. And the thing is, is that there were people making a tremendous amount of money off these COVID vaccines. And these vaccines were pushed through in an awful hurry. And uh, because they were pushed through in an awful hurry, a lot of them had problems and people reacted to them and uh, had problems that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And they really didn't need to get those shots in the first place. So the point is, is that there was a lot of hoax all around and concerning Covid, there was a hoax concerning how many people actually died from it. There was a hoax concerning the fact that uh, uh, the, the people could be spreading Covid and so forth unless they got those shots, and it wasn't true. The shot didn't stop people from getting infected or, or infecting others. And uh, there's just a lot of misinformation out there. The question is, you want to say anything further on this
2: but They're starting in again already talking about masks and in some places they're demanding people wear masks mask okay. again. We got to be careful what we've been told. And I so careful believing you need proof.
1: That's what's another,
2: going on. We don't have it.
1: That's another thing I was going to mention. And I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up about the masks because that's another point. The fact is, is that people should have some idea of how tiny, uh, Viruses actually are. In fact, the entire uh, amount of COVID viruses in the entire world could be put inside of a standard Coca-Cola can. That's how tiny these viruses are. And to imagine that a cloth mask would stop these viruses is like pretending that a chain link fence would stop mosquitoes from going through. I mean, it's simply these masks were simply useless in, in, in stopping the COVID. His Not front. only
2: the cloth, the paper masks.
1: In the paper masks as well. And uh, the fact is that some of these shields that they had, those plastic shields, I mean, it, it was ridiculous in the sense that we had our priests and so forth and other people in the church at mass wearing these things. And the, the idea that they would stop COVID from being spread into the church or the virus from being spread to other people is simply laughable. I mean, consider that the amount of COVID viruses on the head of a pin could probably not infect a whole church. It could probably infect a whole town. That's how small these viruses are. And to imagine that these masks or a plastic shield would do any good in stopping COVID, I, again, is to imagine that, uh, you know, a, a chain link fence would stop a mosquito from going through. It just wasn't going to happen. And a lot of this was simply for show or. May, it might have made people feel better, but it certainly didn't do anything from a health point of view.
2: My biggest concern now is the uh, idea that they're going to push this again, and who knows? Maybe they'll push another, uh, you know, we're going to be locked in our houses again. This is ridiculous.
1: If they do, the church should you take You know a- what
2: it is? It's not for health reasons. It's for control. And, if, and I think in the first place, that's what it was. To control.
1: And if they do, the church should resist this. And you are right when saying that it's for control. The fact is, is that there are a lot of uh, things going on with our government that people should be aware of and, and, and taken care of now. I mean, the, the fact is, is that we're having a two-tier uh, judicial system, that uh, we're having politics being injected into our judicial system in the same way that a lot of banana republics and other countries have had for years. Uh, We we have a nation that's in decline because of uh, governmental mismanagement and governmental uh, getting involved in simply greed and uh, defending or protecting certain groups of people. We have a class problem in the United States where certain groups of people are making a tremendous amount of money By uh, taking, attributing costs and so forth to other people who don't have the power that they do, and there's a you know if you listen to uh, some of the politicians such as uh, the Robert Kennedy running, he's talking about these things. Some of the other candidates uh, on other parties are talking about these things, and we start we ought to start be paying attention to them. And it's time that the church also pays attention to them, too. It can't hide its head from politics uh, all the time because it's affecting not only our ordinary citizens, which it is, but it's also affecting Catholics strongly as well and the church as well. And our bishops need to stand up and take a stand. So, yeah, yeah.
2: it's a a mode of uh, controlling through fear. Yes, it is. Yeah. The other thing i fearful for, the young people that got it, these young men and athletes, the male and female, are dropping dead. How come? It needs to be looked into.
1: At any rate, uh, if we have a situation in which there has been a regret over the COVID uh, crisis that went on and that there was a lot of phoniness about that crisis, and there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of scam in it and a lot of misuse of this crisis for political purposes, then we ought to be very, very concerned that the same thing could be happening with the so-called climate crisis. So I want to read an article, and the reason I did the, the one on COVID first is because that's in the past, and we can look back and see all the misinformation we were given. We can see how it was hyped up into a crisis uh, far greater than it ever should have been, and that it could be used in the same way again. We can see how the church was fooled into going along with it, and it shouldn't be going along with it again. And when it actually put its foot down and stood up, uh, it was able to accomplish a lot in a way of stopping some of the things that the government was trying to push on people. So let's read an article here about the climate uh, so-called crisis. And if COVID was a hoax, then in a, in a lot of situations, it certainly was what they said about it. Then we ought to be taken into consideration that what's being said and done about climate could well be a hoax too. I mean, this is why I talked about the COVID crisis in the first place because it's a fact. And the climate crisis uh, is something that uh, we haven't uh, hasn't really in effect happened yet and uh, we haven't uh, been as affected by it as much as we could be. And so we ought to be very, very wary about what our government is saying about it. Uh, but let's read this article. It says it's taken from the Epic Times, and uh, it, it's uh, an article by uh, about two scientists, a Princeton and MIT scientist, that say EPA climate regulations uh, are a hoax. It says uh, a physicist and a meteorologist testify that the climate agenda is, disaster, is Disasters for the United States. And this appears in the August 16th to 22nd edition of the Epo- Epoch Times. So I'll read from it. It's by Ken Stockland, and it says, Two prominent climate scientists have taken on new rules from the Environmental Protection Agency on cutting carbon dioxide emissions in electricity generation, arguing in testimony that the regulations will be disastrous for the country for no scientifically justifiable reason, just as like a lot of COVID things were done for no scientifically justifiable reason. Citing extensive data to support their case, William Happer, Professor Emeritus in Physics at Princeton University, and Richard Lindzen, Professor Emeritus of Atmospheric Science at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, argued that the claims used by the EPA to justify the new regulations Aren't based on scientific facts, but rather political opinions and speculative models that have consistently proven to be wrong. The unscientific method of anal- analysis, relying on consensus, peer review, government opinion, models that do not work, cherry picking data, and omitting voluminous contradictory data, is commonly employed in these studies and by the EPA. In the proposed rule, Mr. Happer and Mr. Lindzen wrote, none of the studies provide scientific knowledge, and thus none provides any scientific support for the proposed rule. All of the models that predict catastrophic global warming fail the key test of the scientific method. They grossly over-predict the warming versus actual data. The scientific meta- method proves There is no risk that fossil fuels and carbon dioxide will cause catastrophic warming and extreme weather. Climate models such as the ones that the EPA is using have been consistently wrong for decades in predicting actual outcomes, Mr. Happer told the Epoch Times. To illustrate this point, he presented the EPA with a table showing the difference between those models, predictions, and the actual observed data. That was already an embarrassment in the 90s when I was director of energy research in the U.S. Department of Energy, he said. I was funding a lot of this work, and I knew very well then that the models were over-predicting the warming by huge amounts. He and his colleagues argued that the EPA has grossly overstated the harm from the CO2 emissions, while ignoring the benefits of CO2 to life on Earth. Many who have fought against the EPA climate regulations have done so by arguing what's called the Major Questions Doctrine, that the EPA doesn't have the authority to invent regulations to have such an enormous effect on Americans without clear direction from Congress. However, Mr. Happer and Mr. Lindzen have taken a different tap arguing that because the EPA regulations are arbitrary and capricious, they fail to consider an important aspect of the problem, or they cherry-pick data to support a preordained conclusion, they wrote. According to Mr. Happer and Mr. Lindzen's testimony, 600 million years of CO2 and temperature data contradict the theory that high levels of CO2 will cause catastrophic global warming. They also argue that the current CO two levels are at a low point historically. <clears throat> uh, they often hi- they often highly emphasize a hundred and forty parts per million increase in CO two since the beginning of the industrial age is trivial compared to CO two changes over the geological history of life on Earth. They wrote. The scientists' testimony to the EPA also stated that the agency's emissions rules fail to consider that CO2 and fossil fuels are essential to life on Earth, particularly to human life. Increased levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere create more food for people worldwide, including more food for people in drought-stricken areas, they wrote. Increases in carbon dioxide over the past two centuries since the Industrial Revolution from about 280 parts per million to 420 parts per million, caused an approximate 20% increase in the food available to people worldwide, as well as increased greening of the planet and a benign warming in temperature. More CO2 in the atmosphere leads to more plant growth and higher farming yields, they said. Synthetic fertilizers, which are derivatives of natural gas, are responsible for nearly half the world's food production today. Net-zero goals would reduce CO2 emissions by more than 40 gigatons per year, reducing the food supply proportionately, according to the scientists. In addition to disregarding the benefits of CO2, they stated, the EPA's emission rules and the global warming narrative that has been used to justify them are based on flawed data. In addition to teaching physics at Princeton, Mr. Happer's decades of work in physics have focused on atmospheric radiation and atmospheric turbulence, and his inventions have been used by astronomers in national defense. Radiation in the atmosphere is my specialty, Mr. Happer said, and I know more about it than I would guess any climate scientist do. His expertise involves much of the same physics that's involved in climate, and none of it is very alarming, he said. The global warming narrative argues that as people burn fossil fuels, they emit higher concentrations of carbon dioxide into the Earth's atmosphere, which creates a greenhouse effect, trapping the sun's radiation and warming the Earth. But one aspect of CO2 emissions that global warming models fail to take into consideration, according to Mr. Happer, is a phenomenon called saturation, or the diminishing effect of CO2 in the atmosphere at higher concentrations. So we're going to have to stop here and take a break. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob Johnston on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Listeners support
0: Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks. Others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866 628 Cars. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. There's a new app, so Catholic Spirit Radio listeners with new phones, tablets, and other listening devices can also listen to our programs and podcasts. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store to find the app, Catholic Spirit Talk Radio. It's free. New app, same quality programs.
1: Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309 827 7780. Hi, this is Bob Johnson. You're listening to Being Catholic right here on Catholic Spirit Radio. We're back from our break. We've been talking about the COVID crisis. And then we're talking also about the fact that it had been hyped up, and there was a lot of uh, misinformation about it. And uh, the church, uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan regrets that the church didn't do more to resist a lot of the uh, restrictions that the government put on the church and other organizations. And now we're reading from an article about the climate uh, crisis by two MIT scientists and a Princeton scientist, rather by a MIT scientist and a Princeton scientist that say that the EPA climate regulations are based on a hoax and uh, so I'll continue reading from that article and we need to understand that if the government could mis- give us so much information about COVID and use the COVID crisis to advance advance a lot of its its own uh, particular agendas, It can do the same thing with the climate crisis, so-called climate crisis. And these two scientists say there really isn't any climate crisis. The whole thing is a hoax. At the current concentration of CO2, around 400 parts per million, it decreases the radiation to space by about 30% compared to what you would have if you took it all away. So that's enough to cause quite a bit of warming of the Earth, and thank God for that. It helps make the Earth habitable, along with the effects of water vapor and clouds. But if you could double the amount of COVID, from, or rather double the amount of CO2, from 400 to 800, and that will take a long, long time, the amount that you decrease radiation to space is only 1%. Very few people realize how hard it is for additional carbon dioxide to make any difference to the radiation to space. That's what's called the saturation, and it's been a well-known fact. It's been a well-known fact for a century. So in other words, there is a well-known fact that more carbon dioxide added to the atmosphere really doesn't increase the, uh, decrease the radiation to space by much at all. In fact, doubling it would only decrease the radiation into space by 1%, and that's been known for years, and we're not being told that. So that's something the government is keeping from the people. In addition to scientific arguments about why global warming is overblown, the scientists cite data showing large discrepancies between global warming models and actual observations. In some cases, Mr. Happer and Mr. Lindzen say, data has been disingenuously manipulated to fit the climate change narrative. So again, the government here is promoting a crisis that may not be a crisis and probably is not a crisis at all, just like it did with COVID. The most striking example of that is the temperature record. Mr. Happer said, if you look at the temperature records that were published 20 years ago, they showed very clearly that in the United States, by far the warmest years we had were during the mid 1930s. But if you look at the data today, that is no longer true. People in charge of that data, or what the public actually sees, have gradually reduced the temperatures of the 1930s and then increased the temperatures of more recent measurements. In other words, they're manipulating what people are being told and what people are seeing. Asked why there would be a need to censor, alter, and cherry-pick data to support the global warming narrative, Mr. Linden said, because it's a hoax. In other words, to support their so-called theory, they have to manipulate the actual facts and the actual data. Asked to respond to the professor's comments, an EPTA spokesman said, the agency will review all comments we received as we work to finalize the proposed standards. So in other words, the agency really didn't give any answer at all. They give the usual answer, well, we're still working on things, but... The truth is that they will actually go along uh, doing the same thing. So, in other words, we are being told that there are all kinds of crises that, that are happening, and uh, those crises are being manufactured by the government itself in order to do two things. One, gain power, and two, to transfer money to the very people that usually support the people that are being elected. And so in order to also, in effect, run the country and uh, keep themselves in charge and keep the people down. And that's what's been going on. And people should be made aware of this. And uh, the same thing, the reason I'm talking about all of this, about the COVID (coughs) crisis and the fact that if what was done with COVID, uh, it is very likely that the same thing will be done with the climate crisis in order to control and rule people. Uh, The same thing seems to be being done also with getting the United States involved in uh, wars all over the part of the globe. I mean, we're being told today that uh, the situation in Ukraine, in fact, we're we're told that we have to be in Ukraine because uh, of what Russia is doing but a lot of the information that is being held back from us is the fact that the uh, president Biden, when he was vice president and uh, president Barack Obama in 2014, did an awful lot to cause what's happening in Ukraine now in the first place. For one thing, they were, comp- they were complicit in overturning a government in Ukraine. that was much more favorable to Russia and replacing it with a government that's in place right now. And, uh, which because of a lot of that manipulation caused uh, Russia and especially Putin to do things that he might not have done otherwise. And I'm not trying to defend Putin here and make him into some kind of a good guy. It doesn't make any difference whether he's a good guy or not. The point is, is that a lot of this might not have happened uh, otherwise. The second thing is, is that we're being told, for example, of all of the uh, atrocities and all of the injustices in Ukraine. And I'm not going to deny that there are atrocities there and injustices, and some of them certainly are on the part of the Russians. We're talking about children being torn from their mother's arms and being taken back to Russia to become Russian citizens. We're talking about uh, soldiers uh, raping uh, civilians and raping mothers. We're talking about situations in which civilians are sometimes being murdered by uh, angry soldiers uh, from the Russian side. And I'm certain that all of these things are happening. But maybe we should also start taking a look at our own country before we start running around the world to solve everybody else's problems. In the USA, we have had for the last 60 years, millions and millions of babies being torn from their wombs and uh, killed uh, through abortion. We are experiencing now organs being torn from kids uh, their sexual organs, breasts and uh, uh, wombs and uh, uh, sex organs, testes and so on, being torn from kids in, in, in something that is called by the left gender affirmation. I mean, mutilation being called gender affirmation, as if tearing out the healthy organs of uh, young children is somehow affirming their gender. I mean, this is going on. Perhaps we should be looking into this kind of a problem before we start accusing uh, other countries of doing nefarious things. We have a situation where there are 70,000 deaths a year and maybe growing from fentanyl coming across our borders, being pushed into this country by China, being pushed across the border uh, through Mexico and being brought over by illegals and also by American citizens themselves and uh, causing 70,000 deaths a year. So when we talk about the fact that people in other countries are being murdered by Russians or raped by Russians, we have to be able to look at the same thing that is happening in our country. What are we doing about that? And even if we are doing something about it, Uh, We're being told that somehow or another, if we're fixing the problems in our own country, we should also be over-fixing the problems in other people's countries as well. The fact is that we're not fixing these problems. They've been going on for years and getting worse, and we haven't been doing anything about them at all. Uh, There are murder and rape by criminals. Uh, We have a defunding of our police and a handcuffing of our police where they're not defunded, in which uh, uh, the police are seriously curtailed from doing their job and we have a increase in crime which is killing people and it is also killing young mothers we have illegal aliens coming across our borders people that we don't know anything about some of them are criminals being released from prisons in other countries some of them serious uh, criminals who are vicious and killers and they have also been raping and killing some of our u.s citizens are what are we doing about that and we need to start taking a look at some of the things we have done here in the past. I'm looking back over my own lifetime and seeing all of, a lot of the wars that we've gotten into. What have they accomplished? What did we accomplish in 15 years in Vietnam when we finally had to get out? What did we accomplish in Afghanistan? Things seem to be worse there than before we got involved. And take a look at just two years ago what it was like. When we, re, when we actually got out of that country, the chaos and the, the, the death and so forth that happened and just start getting out. Why are we so eager to get back into another country? And again, using these stories about rape and murder and so forth, of course, they, they appeal to our emotions. But the same thing is going on in our own country, and we're not doing much about it at all. So that, that's something that's going on. Uh, we have a lot of mental illness in this country. We have our cities being ruined by homeless and mentally ill people being left to fend for themselves in the streets and contributing to a huge drug problem and contributing to uh, filth and disease and so forth, being allowed to go on in our own country. Where are all the institutions we used to have that used to take care of these people? And whereas the fact that a lot of these people are people who could take care of themselves if they were, if it was demanded that they do so instead of living off the largest say of the government and the, uh, living off the, off the streets, which a lot of people choose to do willingly and won't even move into shelters that are provided for them. And the fact that, the uh, illegal aliens are coming into our country and taking over our kids as playgrounds, institutions, schools, and everything else. And the people in this country have to pay for all this. And uh, a lot of the people in this country who are homeless don't get any of these benefits at all. Our own citizens are being punished, and, and, and while illegal people coming in are being rewarded, all on the basis of somehow it's compassionate. But it's not compassionate to the people in our own country that suffer from all these things. So compassion is something that has to be defined very, very carefully. And uh, so when we, we, all these emotions are appealed to, we need to stop and think about the fact that uh, a lot of the things that are happening are things that are caused by ourselves, and that if we can't cure our own problems, how will we cure problems somewhere else? And so these are things that are going on. We have in this, our own country, for people that watch that movie, The Sound of Freedom, a huge problem with the trafficking of kids. And we're allowing a lot of unaccompanied kids, thousands and thousands of unaccompanied kids to come across our borders. These kids are being used as by perverts. They're being used as sex toys. They're being used sexually exploited in horrible ways. And anyone who has seen that movie Sound of Freedom understands You know, that all of these things are going on. Shouldn't we be looking at a lot of these things before we are running off to some war in another country to stop the so-called atrocities there? Of course, it's an emotional uh, appeal when we point elsewhere in the world where atrocities are going on. But let's take a look at ourselves first. If we can't cure our own problems, how are we going to do it in other countries? And the fact is, is that if we do take over other countries... We're doing the same thing. I talked about this in some of the earlier programs. We're simply taking some of the same horrible problems that we have in our countries and instilling them in other countries. So when we go over there and do these things, we're not necessarily curing the problems that they have or stopping women from being raped or stopping mothers from losing children or stopping people from being killed. We go over there and we impose the same kind of behavior on these people as we have here in our own country that is uh, excessive and these people suffer in the same way that we're suffering here. So we should be looking to our own situation before we start saying that we can go out and cure the situation of the world. Is there there anything you want to say more on this, Lynn?
2: Oh, there's a list of things, like Syria, China. Uh, It's just endless. We've gotten our nose into everything, and we forget about it, and it's still going on. I'm really fearful. We need to pray for peace, because I'm fearful of what could come. Ahead it may be pretty soon ahead of us. It's, it's very scary.
1: Yes, it is. And, uh, again, we need to be looking to curing some of the problems in our own country. The fact is, is that we have a secular, materialized society. We have a war on religion there is actually a greater animosity now among government, especially secular government, against the Catholic Church than ever has been. And our church and our bishops need to start focusing on these problems right here in the United States and focusing less on problems elsewhere. And we need to start understanding that the the decline, a lot of the decline is because of the very fact that it was Christian principles especially Catholic principles and Catholic orthodoxy that built Western civilization. And if we're losing that Catholic orthodoxy, and we are not only uh, from outside of our church, but within in our church itself, these are some of the things that we need to be looking at if we're going to cure the problems that are, are facing our country and facing our world. And it needs to start right here at home and we can't go running off to other countries all over the world fighting endless wars and uh, allowing our own country it, 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 it to decline because, in my opinion at least, it is in decline. It's serious, and uh, we're going in the wrong direction, and it's time for the church to step in and uh, and address some of these problems. Because, but in
2: order to do that, Bob— the church has to get together. We're at a very critical point in the church, too, that people need to find out more about these synods that they're speaking of. And the bishops can't agree on a damn thing.
1: Well, maybe there's a start here with uh, Timothy Dolan, Cardinal Dolan, coming out and uh, taking a hard look at with how the church behaved during COVID. But these are some of the things I'm, that Lynn and I are putting before you and then the, the fact is, is that the church has a role to play in all of this. And I think our citizens start, should be starting to think about what kind of problems are going on here at home before we start going along with this idea that we are going to go out and save the world.
2: True. You've made a point. It's true.
1: So we'll have to stop here at any rate. It's something to think about, and uh, hopefully the church can start playing a larger role in this. And uh, what what Cardinal Dolan had to say, in my opinion, is very welcoming, and we need more of it.
2: They certainly do.
1: In the meantime, St. Michael the Archangel, defend Defend us in in battle. battle. Be Be our protection against against the wickedness and snares of the the devil. May God God rebuke him, him we humbly pray, pray. and do do thou, Prince of the the Heavenly Host, by the power power of of God. God. Trust in the hell, Satan, Satan, and all, and all evil, evil spirits, spirits who wander the, the world for the ruin of the souls. souls. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Being Catholic with Bob
0: Johnston. On Catholic Spirit Radio, if you'd like to contact Bob, email bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Again, that's bob at catholicspiritradio.com. Catholic Spirit Radio relies on your support to bring programming like this and EWTN 24 hours a day. Please help keep Catholic Spirit Radio on the air with your generous support. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or send a donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois 61761. That's Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykin's Place, Normal, Illinois 61761. Catholic Spirit Radio is a 501c3 and all donations are tax deductible. Thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio.